highlights in spring is going birding to see and hear the colorful songbirds that have migrated back from their southern wintering grounds. These little songbirds are as brightly colored and diverse as their songs, whistles, and trills. This colorful group is the Perulidae family, also called the New World Warblers or Wood Warblers. Hello and welcome to the World of Birds podcast. I am your host, Kayla Fisk. This is a podcast featuring the great diversity found throughout the bird world, including unique behaviors, adaptions, habitats, and everything in between to help educate others and inspire action to help protect and conserve these amazing species. The family Perulidae consists of 111 species and 18 genera. This New World Warblers family was first introduced by American ornithologist Alexander Wetmore and his colleagues in 1947 after the northern Perula, which was originally considered a tit, with the scientific name Parus americanus, which then was changed to Perulus and then finally to Perula. It is believed that this family first evolved in Central America, where many species started migrating north before migrating south again. It is believed they originated in this region due to there being the greatest diversity of species located in this area. This bird family displays a wide variety of colors, including gray, black, white, yellows, oranges, browns, reds, and even pink often giving them the nickname Jewels of the Forest. Though yellow and olive tones seem to be the most common color found throughout this family. Many species have striking coloration, many with contrasting black and bright reds, oranges and yellows, like the black burning warbler or the American red start. This family can be found throughout North, Central, and South America. Many species in this family are year-round tropical residents, but the others are migrants that breed in North America, but migrate long distance to their wintering grounds in Central and South America. One of the extreme examples of migration in this family is the black pole warbler. This little 20 gram warbler that's mostly black and white with a black cap and white cheek with white wing bars makes an incredible yearly migration. During the summer, this songbird breeds in the boreal coniferous forests of northern North America, from Alaska to New England. Once fall arrives, they migrate through North America, down to the greater Antilles, and parts of the northeastern coast of South America. This great migration can be about 2,500 kilometers one way, nonstop and over open water, making it one of the most incredible flights found in any of the songbird species. Overall, species in this family are very similar in body shape, size, and features. They tend to have shorter, slender pointed beaks with medium length thin legs and medium length tails. Many have some sort of facial markings with a dark, almost black eye. Their feet pattern is anisodactyl with three toes pointing forward 
and one backwards, which is pretty typical of perching birds. This family also has nine primary feathers compared to other songbirds, which usually have 10. The new world warblers range in size from the smallest, Lucy's warbler, which only weighs up to eight grams and is 12 centimeters long, to the largest being the Louisiana water thrush, who can weigh up to 22.9 grams and is 15.5 centimeters long with a wingspan of 27 centimeters. Birds in this family can be either sexually dimorphic or monomorphic. Males of migratory species tend to more often have flashy alternative breeding plumages since they have the need to go and claim new territory and attract mates each year. While non-migratory species that live in the tropics don't tend to display this dimorphism as they reside in the same territory year-round and tend to pair for life. There, of course, are exceptions to these rules. The migratory water thrush and ovenbird look the same, whether they are male or female. Then there are the non-migratory tropical yellowthroats that do display sexual dimorphism. During the fall, many migratory males will molt into drabber fall plumages that often more closely resemble females' plumage. The prelidate family can be found in a wide range of habitats, including carnivorous and deciduous forests, fieldlands, shrublands, marshes, and wetlands. Most species tend to be arboreal, spending most of their time in the trees. But there are some that do spend much of their time at ground level, like the oven bird or worm-eating warbler. For the species that are year-round tropical residents, these tend to live in the lowland rainforests or the cloud forests in, in higher elevation. Many species in the Perulidae family have a diet primarily consisting of insects. Some species, though, will also include small fish, fruit, berries, seeds, or nectar in their diet. They tend to be very active feeders, moving from branch to branch, gleaming insects from leaves and from other branches. This can often be very frustrating to birders as they try and get a glimpse of these beautiful birds as they quickly move around through dense foliage and tree canopies. Yellow rump warblers will often stay for the winter in northern climates by relying on a diet of mostly berries. The Perulidae family are usually socially monogamous with both parents caring for the young. Most nests in this species group are open cups constructed anywhere from ground level to high up in trees. Only two species, the Prothonotary Warbler and Lucy's Warbler, will nest in cavities. The ovenbird is one such species that builds its nest directly on the ground. On average, two to seven eggs are laid in each clutch, with the migratory species tending to lay larger clutches due to the hazards facing them from migrating every year and their higher mortality rate from the journey. The female is generally the one who constructs the nest and incubates the eggs, with the male bringing food to the female during this time. Incubation time for the eggs can take from 11 to 17 days on average. Once these eggs hatch, 
Both the male and the female will care for the young, and then, after 8 to 15 days, they will fledge. After fledging, the parents may still provide additional care for the young for up to an additional month, but tropical species may still stay with adults until the next breeding season. Unfortunately, habitat loss is one of the main threats this family faces. Of the 111 species in the Perulidae family, 24 are threatened, including 10 near-threatened, 6 vulnerable, 6 endangered, and 2 critically endangered. Both the Bachman's warbler and the Semper's warbler, which are currently listed as critically endangered, are likely already extinct. The Semper's warbler, a small grain-white warbler with yellow legs, was only found in St. Lucia. It was reported to be common during the 19th century, but the last reliable sighting of the species was in 1961, though there have been several unconfirmed sightings since then. The main factor that is believed to contribute to their downfall was the introduction of mongoose to the area. The Bachman's warbler, last seen in the 1960s, used to have a range in southeastern and midwest United States and wintered in Cuba. Like many species, habitat loss decimated their population and led to the cause of their probable extinction. Those that are listed as endangered are all species with a very restricted range. For example, the endangered golden cheek warbler can only be found in small patches of oak juniper woods in central Texas. The Kirtland's warbler is another species with very specific habitat needs with an incredibly small breeding range in addition. Their habitat must be young jack pine forests that are only about 5 to 15 years old with trees ranging in size from 5 to 15 feet tall. Habitat management such as managed burns and clear cutting has shown great success though along with trapping and removing parasitic cowbirds which was another threat facing these nesting birds. With these measures in place, their numbers have increased fivefold and the Kirtland's warbler was able to be delisted in 2019. And with that, I wrap up this episode about the bird family Perulidae. I hope you enjoyed it, learned a bit, and can appreciate this group of colorful little songbirds a bit more. If you did enjoy this episode, please feel free to share it leave a review, or follow this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And as always, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Kayla Fisk Birds. Thanks for listening, all you lovely bird nerds, and have a great day.